So following the lead of the Chai Adam, first in Klai Gimel, he discusses some of the halachas of Tefillin. Then in Klai Yadal, he kind of goes backwards and talks about the manufacturing of Tefillin. And then towards the end of the Klai Yadal, he gets back to the halachas of every day, when to put on Tefillin, how to put on Tefillin. So we're just going to follow his lead and we're going to get into uh, some some discussion regarding the manufacturing of Tefillin. Now, as the Chayadam writes, you know, the Sefer Chayadam was, was for your everyday Yid. He wasn't writing it for Seifrim. He said he was going to write another contrast of how to make Tefillin. And his his points that he writes here is just for the consumer, what the consumer should know, what the consumer should see to be able to tell that it's Tefillin or Apostle, to know what to ask when you're purchasing Tefillin. So I'll, I will try to speak in contemporary terms meaning someone's going to this farm store to buy tefillin for himself, for a grand, grandchild, for a son, whatever it is, or looking at your own tefillin to see if they need a repair or perhaps they were never kosher lechatechila. So there are three different parts to discuss when it comes to tefillin. The first thing would be the ksav, the ksiv of the writing of the parashiyas, the cloth, that, that would be one section. Another discussion would be the batim, the... A bias means a house, but a, the the bottom of our tefillin, you know what a tefillin bottom are. And the third thing will be the ritzuos, the straps of the tefillin. So we'll probably do, you know, one day of each. So let's start with the ksav. So first of all, we mentioned at the end of last week's shirim that there are three main types of ksav. That if you go to a farm store and you want to buy a mezuzah, you go to a cipher, you want a mezuzah, cipher tyra, tefillin. There are three different types of styles of writing. One is the classic, which we call Ksav Beis Yosef. It is only one found in the Rishonim. That's what your typical Ashkenazi will wear. There's a Ksav Arizal, which the Hasidim do wear, and there are a few differences. We sent some pictures in the... We went through some of the pictures that I sent out in the in a Word document on the WhatsApp chat. If someone wants it, reach out to me. I'll send you some of the, the pictures, the differences between these two Ksavim. And... Finally, there's Ksav Velish, which is the Ksav that the Svaradim use. So a person shouldn't figure out which uh, part of Klai Yisrael he belongs to. Obviously, we're all, all connected. But what your minog is prior to purchasing your mezuzahs and purchasing your tefillin. Okay. The second thing to keep in mind is that a cipher, you need a high caliber cipher. Often, a cipher is working when no one's around. Um, there's very small amount of profit they make as it is. So obviously there are challenges financially. So a person should be careful to only purchase from someone who has a good reputation. Um, there are certain hechsherim given on on Seifrim that they get tested every now and then, that they have a good magia, someone who, who looks over their work. So definitely important to just not, you know, purchase something off the shelf. You should look into who wrote it, who's the who's selling it, who checked it over, and does the person have a good reputation? Let's go to the cloth. So cloth is really animal hide that was processed a certain way, and that's what we call cloth. It has to come from a kosher animal. There are two types of cloth on the market. One of them is, is a machine-made, that, that the process was done with a machine. The other one would be a vodesiad done by hand. What exactly does this mean? Machine, handmade, what's the difference? So... Chazal, in Shas, a few places in Megillah, Daf Yotas, and in Daf discuss that when it comes to Ksiva, 
on, on cloth, the cloth has to be, ibud has to be processed lishma. That the process has to be done lishma. What exactly is the process? So the Gemara Megillah and Gittin gives us the recipe of chazal. You have to salt it, then you soak it in different, different um, uh, materials. And that's how you get cloth. If you don't, if you didn't do the process, it's not called cloth at this point. So you need to do this. There's a there's a discussion in in uh, If let's say you have uh, modern methods of of getting hide into what we would call cloth, does that work? Do you have to follow Chazal's recipe, or can you use modern methods in order to process the leather into a cloth? That's a discussion for a different time. But that's how you get cloth. So, historically, they always did it by hand. And when we talk about lishma, if ibud, if processing the leather has to be done lishma, so in general, there's a discussion, we spoke about this in Hachasitis, and there's a discussion by matzah, is machine considered lishma? Meaning you turn on the machine and you say, lishem tefillin, lishem etzah tefillin, lishem kedushas tefillin, does that work lishma? Or no, do I have to actually do it with my hands in order for it to be considered lishma? So, when machines came out, so many Paiskim said it's fine, and there were those that were hesitant to assume that you get the same level of lishma when it comes to tefillin, when it comes to tzitzis, and there were those that were always machmer. But there was a certain period of time in history where you could not find a handmade cloth because... The handmade cloth was a very poor quality, and all the siphon were, were very happy and eager to use the machines. So very few people were spending time developing new methods and you know being more efficient with handmade cloth. But since there were Poiskim that were hesitant to use it, so they encouraged many of the siphon to spend time and, 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 and figure out ways to speed up the process of the handmade. And today... It's basically the same price, handmade cloth and the machine-made cloth. So if someone wants to be yoyed to all the shit, you're spending money anyways on tefillin, you're going to be wearing it every single day of your life. So it's definitely uh, recommended that if a person has the option of, of purchasing handmade cloth, avoid this yad, it's called in the farm store, your, your cipher, just say, I want to avoid this yad cloth, it is definitely uh, recommended. Okay, now just by the way, the ibud lishma, we we're really talking about tefillin here. That the ibud, the processing has to be done lishma. There is a, a different discussion by mezuzah, by sefer Torah, by megillas esther, and there are s- small details, minor de- differences between those those uh, those mitzvahs when it comes to ibud lishma. So let's just assume for now we're only talking about tefillin. The halachli it needs to be ibud lishma, and therefore it's recommended that a person should get avodas yad. Okay. Now the Gemara continues. The Gemara says that, that the ksav is important. Even a kutzah shayur, even if the, the, a little piece of the yud is missing in your tefillin, it is puzzle. You are not yod to your mitzvah tefillin. The Mechilta writes that tefillin and mezuzah have to be written kisidron. Kisidron means it has to be written in the order of the way it's written in the Torah. And therefore, you see, if a person writes a Sefer Torah and you make a mistake, you made a mistake in the Devarim, and you finish the entire Sefer Torah, so you could, you could erase, you figure out ways to erase it, 
that part, and you could rewrite, you know, Perak Aleph in Devarim. It's not a problem. But in Mezuzah, if you made a mistake in Shema, in Shema Yisrael, you wrote the whole parish of Mezuzah, you can't just fix up Shema Yisrael because it has to be written Kisidrim in the order. Someone was telling me, someone in Minneapolis, he told me uh, the Shabbos, he came out, he told me that he, he's actually a cipher, not professionally, but he, he used to write. And he said the first Mezuzah he wrote, he was almost finished, and he, I think he knocked over the ink, spilled on the top, and he messed up his whole mezuzah. So that's why many, many cipher, what they do when they first start learning how to write is that the first thing they'll do is they'll write a Megillah, because Megillah doesn't have the Shem Hashem, and it does not have to be Kisidron, and it's not, it's not the same uh, level of, of Kedusha as... as uh, it's not the same level of, of Chumrah as Tefillin, as the Sefer Torah. So that's why people typically will start writing uh, Megillah. Okay, so there's a uh, there's a whole discussion in halacha of tefillin when it com- that that we would call tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. There's something called tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam that Svardim wear, many Svardim wear the Chabad, and many of the other Hasidim wear. Some only wear it when they are married. Some will wear it. When they even when they were mitzvah already chabad and the chabad chasid in the word at the time of mitzvah. Now, I just want to just just to introduce the topic. There is not one community in Klai that holds that one is yoytzit tefillin with Rabbeinu Tam. That's already a psak for Doris. We we pass in like Rashi that only Rashi tefillin one is yoytzit the mitzvah. There are those that are machmir or try to do extra and wear Rabbeinu Tam tefillin, but it is not a halachic. Uh, you never make a brach on it. You're not yotzi mitzvah tefillin. One needs to wear Rashi tefillin. So what exactly is this thing called Rashi tefillin? This thing called Rabbeinu Tam tefillin? What is a different type of tefillin? So basically, there are four parshas that, four times in the Torah where it says uh, to wear tefillin, or to put on tefillin, to write the tefillin. So these four parshas are written in our tefillin. So in, in that little box, the black box that we have, inside is a scroll. So in the Tefillin Shayad, it's one, one long scroll that's that's rolled up, and that has the four parshas of a Daber, which is which you call Kadashli, and has the parsha of Vahaya Kiviyacha, Shema, and Vahayim Shemaya. So those four parshas are are written in the Tefillin Shayad, and the Tefillin Shalosh they're written there as well, but they are four separate pieces of cloth, and we'll get to that tomorrow or the next day when we discuss Batim. Now these four parshas are. Are placed into the tefillin sharosh, you know, one at a time. And the Gemara asks, Kate Sat Sidron, how do you set it up? How do you, you have four parashas, which one comes first, which one comes second, third, or fourth? How, how do you know which one comes first? So, first, the, the Gemara means a brisa, Kadish Liv Hoi Kviachas Miamin. So you start from the right, now it means the right of, of, of uh, when, you, when you're looking at it. So Kadish Liv Hoi Kviacha, then Shema Vahim Shemaya. The small. Shema v'hayim shmaya are on the left. Fred the Gemara v'tani ibcha. We want to brace it the other way. I'm rabbi like Hasha. Kanmi mina shel kare. Kanmi mina shel manich. Depends which van you know which which vantage point you are. If you're looking as as a wearer, someone who's wearing it. So then it's starting from your left going to your right. But if you're looking at the if you're the if you're reading, so you start from your right going to your left. So and the Gemara. Says Vahakare Kare Kesidron, the one who reads it, he reads it in the order. So Rashi says very simple. You go with the order of the Tyra. When the when the when the Brisa says we go from right to left, order of the Tyra, and if you look in Chumash, 
The first parasha is Kaddish Lida, the second parasha is Vahayi Kiviyacha, that's in Parashas Boy. Then in Dvarim, say the Dvarim, first you have Shema Yisrael, and then you have Vahayim Shemaya. So that's how we do it. Kaddish Vahayi Shema Vahayi, that's Shitas Rashi. Very simple. Comes to Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam says the Bryce doesn't make any sense. The Bryce says, Kate's that Sidron, how do you misadder it? Well, it says Kaddish Vahayi Kiviyacha, that's Miamin, that's from the right. Shema Vahayim Shemaya, that's Mismo, that's from the left. What does that mean? That's not the way you talk. If you want to tell me the order of the four powers, you say from right to left it goes Kadesh Vahaya Shema Vahaya. From the fact that you say Miyamin from the right, Kadesh Vahaya, so that means if I'm looking from the right side, so it starts Kadesh and Vahaya. Then it says Shema Vahaya Shema means small. That means when I'm looking from the left side, I start from Shema, then I go to Vahaya. So according to Rabbeinu Tam, you have the two Vahayas in the middle. Let's say you remember. The two Vahayas are in the middle according to Benetam. And you have the Kaddish on the right, and on the, on the far right, and Shema Yisrael on the far left. That sheet is Benetam. Now, there's an interesting question. According to Benetam, so it's not only that the Tzfil and Shalraish, when you're setting it up from right to left, the order of it, it's also the Tzfil and Shalyad. There's one long cloth, which parasha comes first? So let me ask you a question. If the Mechilta says that you have to write a Kisidron, you have to write it in the proper order, so I have to write Shema before Vahayim Shemaya because that's Kisidron. I have to write it in the proper order of what the Torah says. But according to Vahaya comes before Shema in regards to setting up the parasha. So what do I do? So Rabbeinatam says, then the Torah passes like this, that the Rabbeinatam Shita would be, you would first write Shema at the end of the scroll, meaning first write Kaddish Li and Vahaya, Kibiyacha. So you get the first two right. Then you, get, you leave a space for Vahaya and Shemaya because that comes last. You write Shema, and then you go back and you write Vahaya and Shemaya in order to have it written Kisidron. So, Mirdashem, tomorrow we'll get into an interesting discussion between the Lubavitcher Rebbe and Amasha Feinstein discussing. Tzvillin of Rabbeinu Tam. We'll discuss why some people do, some people don't. And Mirta Shem as we continue.